Today I want to talk about Jesus Christ, the life. Interesting uh, ideas can come out when you pick up just a single thought and you try to stay with the, the thinking, the reasoning that's going on. Like the verse here in John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's John 14, verse 6. I like it when there's things told, one, two, three things, if not four, things in a group. It gets you to thinking, thinking of uh, the meanings of each piece. So, um, Jesus is the life, but he's a lifting power of life as well. He's the lifter, lifting of power. He's the indwelling of life. We can have Christ in us and uh, have him uh, bless us at a, at a moment's notice to help us with life. He's the fulfillment of life. Without him, we wouldn't know life. And everlasting life is what comes from him as well. He's the maker of it and giving of eternal life. So back to the start here again. Jesus is the way, the way. Sometimes it's good to just do a study on the word way. What does it mean in the scriptures when they accuse people of being of this way, this type of belief and this type of mannerism and, and uh, teachings? Uh, we, we need to think on that sometimes. The truth. Truth is, when you just take the word truth by itself and say, where is it in the Bible? How many times is it used? What does it mean? You just sort of, wow, I didn't know there was that much. <laughs> Remember when Pilate says, what is truth? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's all over the scriptures. But Jesus is the truth. The life. Without him, there would be no point in going on. We'd start from nothing and we'd end up with nothing. We'd come from a glob of goo out of the ocean or something or other and we'll end up with... <laughs> that's what we'd be, just a glob of glue. Goo. Uh, with Christ, he is our life. And he will be giving us life and we'll have life eternal. No man can come to the Father but by me. That's absolutely amazing. Because you think of the Old Testament and all the years that had gone by, and it was the Heavenly Father or else. He did everything, um, told everything, set the rules for everything. Um, the Hebrew people did not think of the Son of God. They didn't think about him having a son. It was all about the Father. And this verse, wow, it just sort of sweeps you off your feet. And the people hearing this for the first time would have just said, whoa, what do you mean? That you can't have any relationship with the Heavenly Father, you can't come to Him, you can't pray to Him, you can't give an offering to Him without Christ, except by Christ. That was a big step forward. So with Jesus being the life, I want to start with the lifting of life. We uh, look at Psalms 30 in verse 1. Psalm 30, verse 1. It says, 
I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. We know we can easily transfer that from the Heavenly Father with capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D to Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Lord and Savior. It's very easy to see that that connects. And yet we're in the Psalms. Oh, yes. Jesus told them to look in the Scriptures, search the Scriptures to see because they spoke of Jesus. And the Psalms are full of many verses about Jesus. So in uh, speaking of that in um, Mark, uh, Mark 9 and 27, uh, Jesus, when he was here on earth, lifted up the sick and suffering and sinful. Um, you think about when, when he would go to do a miracle, do some special thing, and he would lift up that person so let's look at chapter 9, uh, Mark chapter 9. I want to start with verse uh, 25, actually. Uh, 20, uh, anything from 21 to 29 would be good. Let me see. I need to see if I've got it on here. If not, I'm going to grab my Bible. I think that might be faster. Mark. Chapter, I bet this page, no. Okay. There's always computer uh, glitches, I guess we could say, couldn't we? Things we think are done correctly and they're not there. Uh, Mark 9, Mark chapter 9. And I've even got a paper in now, I'll bet you. <laughs> so I like putting a paper in when I'm reading, so I can easily go back to where I was. So Mark chapter 9, and verse 27. Because that's, I'm backing up just a little bit. I want verse 27, and uh, 25, 21, even to, to know what this story is about sometimes. So I wrote in red letters, 21, start with verse 21. And he asked his father, A long time is it ago since this came on him. Oh, yes, I, I, I'm thinking about the story, so I've got to get my mind in the story. Father comes with his child to Jesus, and he says, this, my, my child has got a problem. And uh, he's, he's um, got all this situation that must be evil spirit or something that's happening. And so um, Jesus asks him questions but how long was this? And he said, since he was little, since he was a child. That's what's in verse 21. How long did he have this illness, this sickness of falling and um, falling into fires, firing, falling into things? Um, and there's, there's other miracles from verse 14 on down, uh, other miracle type things that are happening. So a great multitude was following Jesus. And this man steps out and says, Master, in verse 27, uh, in 17, uh, I brought, uh, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And it tears him at times, in verse 18, and he foams and he gashes, gnashes his teeth and he pineth away and he's, uh, your disciples couldn't help him 
can you do something for him? And Jesus um, replies in verse 19, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, you have to kind of set back and, and grab yourself for a moment. Was Jesus saying this directly to the Father only? Or to the others that are nearby listening, especially the disciples, that we're not able to do something for this man. So you need to go all the way through. For the one that needed the help, and, uh, and Jesus starts talking to him, how long do I suffer you? How long will I be here? How long will you be before you can take care of these situations yourself? Okay, verse 20, and they brought him, the one that was in trouble, they brought him, and when he saw him, and Jesus saw him, these hymns and they and them and so on, sometimes you have to pick out who's talking and which person is in, in the story. Straightway the spirit tear him. This is the bad spirit. Started acting up. It tear the child. I don't know what all that means, but just ranted through his spirit, his body and his mind and to tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed in foam. So full display of Satan's wickedness, Satan's bad deal. Then um, he said unto the, his father, how long has this been like this? And the father said, since a child. Satan's been there a long time. And verse 22, and oft times he cast him into the fire. So he cast him. Satan, this demon, this power that's over him, casts him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. That's Satan's job, right? That's how Satan acts and behaves. He's a destroyer. He wants to destroy people. He wants to destroy God's creation. He's just a destroyer. But if thou canst do anything, now that's shaky, have compassion on us and help us. Well, Jesus can. <laughs> Jesus can do something and do more than that too. He can really help. So verse 23, um, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father cried, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, he's serious, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Wow, this is, he said, I, I, I thoroughly believe you can do it. You can help us. You can help this boy. I'm believing thoroughly. But help my unbelief just in case I'm a, an ounce short, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's serious. He wants Jesus' help. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. There you go. That's an evil spirit. That's Satan. Foul spirit. Saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit. The deaf wasn't mentioned until here. The dumb and deaf. Couldn't hear, couldn't speak. And charged him, Come out of him and enter no more into him. Wow, this is a cure that's going to be one ounce, one delivery of the medicine. It's going to do the whole thing because Jesus is here. Then the Spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, 
insomuch that many said, He is dead. That would be a demonstration of Jesus' power and authority over Satan. And this child now, what's going to happen? Is he ruined? Is he dead? Well, he's a whole lot better off than where he was. Even if he was half dead or, you know, worn out and dropped, um, he's still better off than having a demon in him. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Jesus prayed over him, but then he and, and commanded the demons, but also he went and he touched, touched him, took him by the hand and lifted him up. Jesus can lift us up. He can be that. Um, and when he was come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? This is really for us too, isn't it? How come we, with our prayers and with Jesus' help and praying to God in Jesus' name, you know, they, they, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said unto them, this kind, kind of demon, kind of problem, can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And today's lesson in the, in our class was about prayer. Wow, it's important that we be in prayer at all times, especially when we are confronted with something like this, that we have our prayer life up to date. And we've been praying. And when Jesus said fasting, that should be when we fast, not, you know, not that we're uh, not doing it often enough or whatever. We need to be thinking about fasting. And I know sometimes we fast for health, but this is fast for spiritual life, right? <laughs> fasting that that we mean business with God, that we want to talk to the Heavenly Father and talk to Jesus and ask for this. Okay, going on. I'm running out of space here. Oh, I should have had that other thing up here as well. Okay. Um, Jesus is the same today as when he walked on this earth, right? 2,000 years ago. Um, he's the same. He can still take care of our problems and uh, be a blessing to us. And he will raise us up and he will um, take away transgressions and take away sins. And Jesus can lift us from the low, the drunkards, the drug abusers, the liars, the reprobates the Bible uses sometimes. I looked that one up and there's, uh, I forget how many, six or seven or so, I don't remember. Uh, words on reprobates. And then false, and I made a list on the side. It said false teachers and false prophets and false accusers and false brethren and false witness. We need a spiritual help to fight against those things. They're going to come our way. We need to be able to put them away, get them out of our way, stop them from influencing us and people around us. We need to be stopping those false teachers. Know enough about the Scriptures that we can say, you're wrong there, and point out the Scripture to help straighten them out. Or if you don't want, don't want to throw the pearls before the swine, just get them out of the way. <laughs> get rid of them. Um, yeah, we can't have false teachers tearing up what God is making of church, a group of believers. False prophets will come along. 
you think about that verse and think about where it was used and false prophets will come after I've been here, Paul said. Uh, yeah, they're going to be uh, be there trying to ruin what Paul had worked on and, and to ruin what God is working on in people's lives. False accusers. They'll try to make a problem for all believers. Accuse you of something. Even false brethren. Wow. Now that's pretty bad. You say, well, I thought he was a believer. I thought he was a church member. I thought he was this or that. And then you find out he was uh, false brethren. It's one trying to destroy. You can find examples in the Scriptures, and I could lengthen this sermon by 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh, you probably know those verses. The false brethren that tried to ruin things in the early church as well. And false witnesses. Um when people have said, well, I was there, but this is what I heard him say, and you know, and you got the falseness going on. But Jesus can save us from all of those things, can lift us out of those things. He can save us, he can lift us up and give us life. Christ paid the penalty for the sin of all mankind and lift them out of those situations. We need only to repent and believe. We already heard once in here, if you believe and say, I do believe, then Jesus' power can work. If you don't believe, why are you here? You know, that's, that's really the other side of the story, isn't it? To repent and believe. And he will lift us out of the miry clay. And that's the one that's in Acts 16, which I had first off here as well. So Acts 16, if you'll turn there, I'm going to start at verse 25. I've got it up here on the screen right in front of me, so I'm going to go from there. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 34. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. You know, when we're doing something for God, sometimes others learn a lesson. Well, I bet you they weren't trying to preach. I guess they were just singing because they had been worthy to be um, punished or hurt or um, um, persecuted for righteousness' sake. They were in jail. They were happy that they had had a chance to witness and, and to be part of Christ's ministry. Verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake. They didn't plan that. <laughs> <laughs> Great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. That's pretty strong. And immediately, all the doors were opened. They were locked and sealed. You better believe it. And every man's bands were loosed. Whatever there was around their wrists and feet or whatever, however they were fastened down, they were loosed, fallen off. We'll find out here in just a little bit too. Um, and the keeper of the prison awaked out of his sleep and saw the prison doors open. Wow, am I in trouble? Did they all escape? And I have to give an answer, which is probably going to be my death. Maybe not a pleasant one, because of what happens next. He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And Paul cried 
with a loud voice. There's times to speak up. <laughs> Spoke with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he, the jailer, called for a light. He must have had servants too, but he got lights. And sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. He had this figured out. This is where God's power came from. These guys were praying. They were singing. I know God hears them. He had it figured out. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Brought them out. And he said, I know you have a connection with this God that you serve. Okay, how do I get that connection? What will give me, uh, save me? Verse 30, and uh, brought them out and, uh, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We can affect all the way down our family line. Wow. That is real. You start praying for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and those that come after, you know, that they will find salvation, that they'll spread the gospel, that they'll live for Christ, have eternal life. Wow, that's a good prayer to have. So, uh, going down to verse 32, and they spake unto him, the jailer, the word of the Lord. We've got to be ready to know our scriptures. And to all that were in his house, they didn't leave anybody out. They brought them all in, they, or into the room, and they taught them. I don't think it was a long sermon either. I bet they had it all figured out down to <laughs> so many minutes so that the children could stand it and so on. But he taught them. And he said, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his, all his straightway, all of those that were in the house, straightway, got it done. And when they had brought them into his house, he went, he set meat before them and rejoiced, uh, believing in God with all his house. Wow, a revival struck up. <laughs> he decided this was the way to go and he was making sure that everyone was with him all of his house. So that's the lifting up of the power of Jesus. The indwelling life of Christ we'd find in John 14, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's Jesus' life that will help us and bless us. First, the, um, the Christians surrender all to God they are cleansed and are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 15 and verse um, uh, 8 and 9. I think I have that right here too. Fifteen. Oh, okay. I did this again. I might be able to scroll backwards on here, and again, I might not. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There we go. 
Oh, there's that. Okay. Uh, a little faster by hand than by computer, but here we are. Acts 15. Um, especially wanted uh, 6, 7, 8, and 9. They all work together, so I, I copied them into the computer and on paper. So verse 6 says, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider the matter. Now, what matter was this? Well, this was the uh, whether you had to be circumcised to be saved. You could not be a believer or be saved unless you were circumcised. Plus, they wanted to add a few other things. So this was the matter, and they uh, got down to Jerusalem to talk with the elders and deacons down there, elders and so on that they could um, counsel with, and get uh, good advice from. So they went to the apostles and elders. They came together to consider the matter. In verse 7, and when they had been much disputing, so they didn't just do this in a quick mo motion. Uh, you have to have a motion before you can have a vote and, you know, all the niceties of it. I think they got on with the discussion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they got on with disputing. And finally, Peter rose up and said, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. You know, when he was at the beginning of that part of that story, I bet you he said, why me, Lord? <laughs> I don't want to go over to those other house and to those Gentiles and uh, I'm a Jew, I, I can't do that. And uh, God straightened him out. <laughs> so here now he's kind of using it as a, as a instruction that God did this. God wanted everyone to grow by this thought that he was the one that would go to the Gentiles and uh, to make them believers. And so verse 8, it says, And God, should, God which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he, had, had, uh, as he did unto us. So you have our example of how we accepted Christ, and how much the Holy Spirit came on us, and how much they changed their hearts. And uh, this is an example, is what he's saying. Verse 9, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Wow, the Gentiles were purified and came into the faith, uh, just like the Hebrew people. So he's making a good example out of that. Let's go on. Um, the Holy Spirit can fill the Christians and empower them to serve God. And that's in uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Uh, it reads this way, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto, unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, another thing to think of on something like that is they did it. They went to every place in the world. And that's how the message got around the world. Uh, they did what they were told to. They went. But they shall receive power. That's interesting. Jesus Christ will give you power 
to witness and to testify for him, going to all the world or wherever he sends you, you'll be able to go. Uh, the Holy Spirit will indwell the lives of totally committed Christians. We're only halfway, half-baked, as they call it sometimes. It's not going to be the, the right way to go. Uh, they are never alone from Jesus. That's what the starting verse was. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I, and no man cometh through the Father but by me. Um, that was just the way it was going to uh, going to work. I wanted, um, in that same chapter, yeah, in the same chapter, I wanted verse 16. And I bet I didn't copy that. Let me just look over here. John, chapter 14. John, chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 16. Verse 15 is the start of a paragraph. If ye love me, keep my commandments. So verse 16 is what I'm really after. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus is going to pray to the Father or ask the Father, you could say as well, pray the Father, and he will give you the comforter all by reading others' passages and connecting the dots. This comforter is the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants you to have the Holy Spirit so that you'll be able to represent him well and that that's one way of Jesus being able to stay with him forever. Okay, going on. Um, Jesus can fulfill, is the fulfilling life for us. That's Jesus. And we get that even from the Psalms, Psalm uh, uh, 107, verse 9. It reads this way. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. That's talking about the Heavenly Father, isn't it? That He is the Heavenly Father because it's from the Psalms. But it actually connects very well with Jesus as well. And uh, what, what He'll send, the Holy Spirit and so on, is fulfilling life. We need to be in Christ. Uh, many people don't have a fulfilled life. They're missing something. They've got a longing in their soul that they don't know what to do with it and they can't get over it and they can't satisfy it because they need Christ in their life. Um, many search for happiness, trying to obtain it with processions. No, that'll never work. Uh, in seeking pleasures, that'll never do it. Uh, in pursuing personal interests, they think they get away with it, but they don't. It'll never satisfy them. That's why the casinos are going so good. People think that they're gonna get some joy by being there, being around people that shout and holler about their money. Um, they may get money, but that's not going to satisfy. They will fail to find real and lasting joy. It's just not there. Fulfillment is found only in Jesus Christ. We must accept him as Savior and Lord, and often I add Master, because if he's our Master and we're the slave, 
we need to behave like we're being drawn and taught and told what to do and how to live. A total commitment to Jesus Christ. We must accept him as our Savior and Lord by giving him first place in our life. Do you remember in uh, Matthew 6.33? Oh, this one is on here. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This was a memory verse when I was young. It's one that we had to memorize. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's our first job that we need to be doing. And his righteousness. Oh boy, now it's going to get a little tough, right? Are we going to know that righteousness and live it? And then when we do that, though, all these things shall be added unto you. Well, I want to do all these things. So <laughs> I had to back up and do what God wants <laughs> and to live for him and do, do what he wanted me to do. Okay, uh, getting to the last point here is uh, everlasting life. That's what he wants to give us. We remember John 3.16. The last part of that says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Some say, well, you're going to live forever in a hot place, tortured. Uh, this says you're going to perish. You're going to be consumed away. And there's a lot of verses about that. But you won't be that if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in him, God's answer, God's solution. If you believe in Jesus Christ, but have everlasting life in a good place, good things, blessings, you'll have everlasting life. Few things in this world ever satisfy. You don't get much out of them. They're not permanent. They always break down, wear out, whatever. Everybody's trying to build the perpetual motion machine. <laughs> it doesn't work. It has bearings or something that wear out. So I used to dream of having four alternators on the four corners of the vehicle. And I'd get to this hill, and there was a certain hill in my mind. And I'd roll down this hill onto the highway, and the generators would make electricity from an electric motor, and I'd just run forever. That's all I needed. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. If you try to make too much electricity, it actually makes brakes on the machine. It limits your speed. Because <laughs> you've got to get the energy from somewhere. If you take off too much energy, it slows the machine down. And eventually it'll stop. <laughs> and if not, the bearings would wear out. Or, you know, you just you sort of go on and on. The perpetual motion will never work. But people are looking for something that would be permanent, and it won't. It'll all decay, rust, go to pieces, fall apart whatever, it'll be destroyed. Soon it vanishes away. Even the Bible says that too. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's in John 10.10. 10. He wants us to have life and to have a good life, a happy life, a fulfilling life. He wants us to have all those things, abundant life. He wants us to have the good things in this world. But you know what? There's more to come. And Jesus wants us to have eternal life with all the abundance that's there. Far better than this world. We're going to have eternal life. Then there's a verse in John 6, 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth 
on me hath everlasting life. To believe in Jesus Christ fully and completely, accept his rules of the Heavenly Father and Jesus' commitment to us, Jesus' death on the cross, to accept that, then we will have eternal life. So, conclusion. Jesus will lift our life. Jesus is the only one that can lift our life and give us blessings, make us come back to life. Jesus will indwell our life. Jesus will satisfy and be fulfilling to our life. If we accept Jesus, he will be our Lord and Savior. Jesus will be our ours and giving us eternal life. May God bless you.